0: This is episode 199, Don't Quit, Break Your Pattern of Starting and Stopping with Jill. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for posting your ratings and reviews on iTunes. It really helps the show grow. And this episode is a great one for anyone who has trouble keeping momentum with things. You start things like a book or exercise program or meditation practice, or maybe even you set off to be an entrepreneur, but then you just don't stick to it. You have a ton of enthusiasm at the beginning, but then it just wears off and you find yourself quitting, which you then judge yourself for. It's a vicious cycle that just loops. So it's important to get out of it, which is what I coach Jill on today. And for you coaches out there, I think you'll get some great insights for clients of yours who are challenged in the area of accountability and building momentum. Before we dive into my session with Jill, I want to talk to you about your feet. You know that I only love to talk about products that I love and adore on this show. And since my feet are extremely important to me and I've had to put a little intention and effort into keeping them healthy, especially after a stress fracture I had last year, I am super picky when it comes to shoes. And I absolutely love Rothy's. Have you heard about Rothy's? They're the company making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles that are insanely comfortable and machine washable. Rothy's has quickly grown to a most love, gotta have them brand. It's no surprise they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. Their shoes are stylish, sustainable, comfortable, washable. They're really the perfect flats because honestly, heels are terrible for us for life on the go. They're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. That's right. There's zero break-in period on these shoes. And really, it will blow your mind that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. How cool is that? You'll quickly discover after you get your Rothy's shoes why BuzzFeed called them their forever shoes. So check out all the amazing styles available to you right now when you go to rothys.com slash over to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, sustainability, these are the shoes we all need. Head to rothys.com slash over today. All right, so as you are listening to my coaching session with Jill, there's a couple things I want you to consider. First, can you relate to that pattern of starting and stopping? Are you a bit of a sabotager? How did your parents react when you experienced any adversity? How is it affecting your level of commitment and being able to move through things? Are you putting too much on your plate? Do you have a story about giving up? Are you blaming a person or a past situation for why you can't stick with things or be accountable for things in your life? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Jill. And as always, be sure to listen to my breakdown after the show where I give you even more information. Now on to my session with Jill.
1: Jill, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you, Christine. It's really great to talk with you. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm actually kind of going through a transition right now. I have recently quit my corporate job that I've had for 15 years. Well, I didn't have the same job for 15 years, but I've just quit corporate America. And now I'm working for myself in real estate. And I am kind of dealing with issues in that I am fearful that I have quit my job and I've started this business, but my whole life I have a pattern of starting things and quitting things. So I'm kind of fearful that that's going to happen with real estate, even though I've been enjoying it. Part of me thinks that this is just short term along with everything else in my life. So in addition to that feeling about real estate, I kind of struggle with that just in my personal life as well. So starting things and quitting things like eating healthy, I'll do it for a couple of weeks and then I fall off the bandwagon and working out. I mean, reading books, you name it. I feel like everything I start, I always quit. And so I don't know. I have a block. Well, you have good awareness of a pattern.
0: Hey, and at least you're starting things, right? Some people don't even start, so let's let's acknowledge the good thing. At least you've started things. You have a you lot of you have a lot of books on your shelf that you've read twenty to fifty pages of, and and that's better than not reading any at all. So let's look at the positive in this. Um, Yeah. So I'm sure you've given this a lot of thought, and what in terms of the why of why you have this pattern of starting and quitting, what have you come up with so far?
1: Well, I feel that it sort of started as a child. I remember growing up and starting sports and, you know, I was in gymnastics and diving. And whenever there was any sort of adversity, um, my mom would always tell me that I didn't need that. I didn't need that in my life, that you can just quit, Jilly, and it's fine. And you can do something else that you really like. And just my entire life, I feel that it just started from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Even college I started, I went away my first year of college and it was very difficult. And my mom said, well, that's okay, Julie, you can just come home and you just, you know, we'll just, you can go to school here. And so I ended up doing that, but luckily I ended up going back to college and finishing. But Mm -hmm. in a way, I've sort of been babied in that way, but it started at, yeah, a young age. So I don't know... Why, uh-huh. but it's just been a
0: pattern my whole life. I think you have a great insight. And I think that that is awesome self honesty to really admit that you've been babied a lot of your life. How old are you now?
1: Uh, 39. 39.
0: Okay. So definitely a grown up lady, like definitely not a baby anymore, right? 30, 39, 39, nope. 39 definitely qualifies as all grown up. But amazing right. self-awareness and how great that you're calling in about this. And you're also in inner circle where we have those daily morning, evening practices that you get that practice to commit to. So I acknowledge you for, for joining that. And this is great. You're at a, you're at a crossroads. You're at a place where you're ready and willing to shift this. So first let's look at any judgment you might have on your mom for how she parented you. Do you have any judgment towards her?
1: Well, I think I do. I feel that there's probably some judgment. I'm the youngest of five kids. My mother did daycare for 25 years and I have three other sisters and a brother. So there's five of us. And so I feel and I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but I was slightly neglected as a child and was very much alone. I mean, I was with other kids, but I, I don't remember ever having any sort of quality time with my parents. Mm-hmm. My dad was away at work and provided for the family. My mother took care of the house and laundry and cooked, but there was no. I don't have any memories of them, you know, or my parents or my mother reading to us or spending one-on-one quality time. That just never happened. But as I got older in high school and college and we were really close, it was really the first time that I'd ever even heard my mom say, I love you. There, there was no, any sort of affection or anything growing up. Okay. Okay.
0: So this is great. This is great insight. Do you have any judgment towards your mom about, you know, being babied and, and now having this struggle with, sticking to things.
1: Uh, yeah, 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 I do. So I feel like she's sort of been trying to maybe make up for that. I I don't know. Okay. Make up for not being there for me for so many years. Probably.
0: Probably. So if you look at, so you've got this judgment and and you've kind of got a scapegoat of, well, my mom babied me. She told me I didn't have to stick it out when everything's got tough. And so now I'm ill-equipped to really be able to finish something. So in a lot of ways, mom's still scapegoat. And there's also the realization that, which is a very insightful realization, that she probably felt a little guilty that she wasn't as there for you as perhaps she maybe wanted to be. And so she didn't want to... She wanted to protect you from having any more pain, Jill. Right? She Mm -hmm. wanted to protect you from having any more suffering. Moms are very intuitive and mom guilt can be very intense. And she probably had a lot of guilt... And, and even sadness around not being there for you as much as she wanted to, not only mm-hmm. with working, but also because you were the youngest of five children. Okay. So she was in effort wanting to protect you from any additional suffering. She didn't have the mm-hmm. foresight to know that that would set you up for being a little afraid of adversity, being a little afraid of challenge. But can you Release the judgment on her and forgive her, and really see that it was her way of loving you the best she knew how
1: hmm yeah i I see that now, and it's interesting because I've sort of resented her for that, in that oh well, if gymnastics got tough, I just quit if yep yeah, if college got tough, she just well, you just quit it. And I've resented her. So I feel like, yeah, I've definitely had that judgment. Right.
0: And here's the thing, the more that we resent our parents or anyone and have the scapegoat, the less we have to take responsibility for shifting our patterns. (laughs) So it's going to be hard for you to shift this. And if you have a scapegoat, if you still have the resentment Mm. of her, Because it's still her fault. And whenever we have resentment or we're blaming someone for something, we're giving them all our power. So in a way, you feel like you can't shift this because you've given your mom all your power. It's her fault. You can't stick to things. (sighs) And you can't go back and change the past. So therefore, you're totally disempowered and you're forever a victim of this pattern. (laughs) Right.
1: Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. And the good news is
0: you can actually empower yourself quite simply. A lot of it is forgiving her and going, you know what? She did the best she could with five kids and managing her marriage and working and everything else. And she just wanted to keep me from any more suffering. And that was Mm -hmm. the best she knew how. Yeah. And I am taking responsibility for my life, and I'm no longer going to make my mom the scapegoat. So Mm -hmm. it's freeing yourself up from carrying around resentment, which isn't a good energy to carry around with us. It's very toxic. And it's also letting go of your scapegoat so that you can actually believe you can change this. Because again, as long as we have someone or something to blame, we don't believe we can change it.
1: Right because we're a victim. We're a victim, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of been unconscious in a way when I make decisions that, Oh, I'm going to do the, uh, you know, the miracle morning, right? Every day. And that's what I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden I fail at it. I just keep saying to myself, well, I just fail at everything that I start. I don't really actually intentionally say, Oh, well, that's my mom's fault. I think a lot of that is subconscious, but I know that that's where it started. I just don't know if I think about that every time I start and quit something. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. So this was the next part I am going to get to. You don't really have in your, if i decided I'm going to move to Italy and to learn the language, and I know no Italian before I go, do you think it's going to take me a while to get fluent? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So you are not fluent in seeing things through. Mm. And what exacerbates this is you got love and attention when you gave up on things. Yep. So it's not that you fail, you get to a point where you need more love and encouragement in a process and because that didn't happen, that wasn't wired in you, you didn't become fluid at that language because that language wasn't spoken to you. Whenever you would need encouragement, whenever you got to a sticking point, instead of getting, Jill, I know it's hard, but I believe in you. You can do it. Keep going. You got, it's okay. Just just back out. No problem. Just Stop. So you are not right. fluent in reaching that place of adversity or reaching that point of when the newness wears off because it's... That's why New Year's resolutions wear off. There's that newness of Uh it and we're excited. And then it wears off because we aren't fluent in really encouraging ourselves and sticking to commitment. So not only are you not fluent, but you have love and attention attached to stopping and quitting.
1: So interesting. And it's the same in relationships too, because my mom and I got really close. She knew everything that was going on in relationships. And so whenever it started going bad or they started doing something, you know, I had to wait for a call. My mom's, nope, don't ever do that. Just you need to leave that relationship. And she still does that to this day. So I try not to tell her a whole lot because the minute they don't start treating me the way she thinks I deserve to be treated, she's like, just leave them. But I do have a pattern of doing that. So it's interesting how that's just carried over. Yeah.
0: See, adversity and challenge isn't necessarily bad. hmm. And just because we reach a point where we're resistant, it doesn't mean that it's the wrong direction. Right. In any relationship, there's going to be a point where there's some miscommunication or there's a growth edge in any new book that you're starting to read, in any new course, in inner circle, there's going to be a place where you have to reach that next level of moving through the resistance, through encouragement mm-hmm. and through commitment and through breaking old patterns. And I think that because you have any kind of adversity or challenge or discomfort wired with not only quitting, but this is how I get love and attention and this is how I keep myself safe. Because anything that's connected to love and attention and validation is also connected to safety and security. So because you weren't allowed to kind of fall on your face a lot, I imagine that even in relationships, you may not be so fluent at speaking your truth and speaking honestly. And a lot of times when you feel like you've been treated badly, it may be because you weren't communicating clearly, you weren't speaking your truth, or you're attracting people that you know, aren't necessarily a match because you have sort of low self-worth, self-trust, because part of how we establish self-trust, self-worth is through confidence. And part of how confidence is developed is by doing things where we quote unquote fail and picking ourselves Mm -hmm. up and moving through it anyway.
1: Right. That's so interesting. And that's kind of where I am too in business because you know, it's challenging, it's difficult. And I'm sitting here thinking like, well, maybe I'll just quit. I'll do something that's just much easier. Right. And whose voice is that really? Not mine. And whose is it? My mother's.
0: Right. And it's still her fault. Mm -hmm. So you can say, okay, that's, that's my mother's voice, not mine. And you can give that back to her with forgiveness and know that that came Mm -hmm. from a place of love. And then you've got to find your own inner coach, your own voice of encouragement. And the only, you know, behavior is in action is what really is going to shift this. I'm so glad that I'm helping you with the awareness and that dots Mm -hmm. are connecting. That's great. But just having the awareness, Jill, isn't going to shift this for you. You're not a quitter. So I also want you to forgive yourself from buying into the belief that you're a quitter. You just don't have the experience. You aren't fluid yet in moving through resistance. Mm -hmm. And you've sourced love, safety, and security from kind of pulling back from something anytime there's any kind of resistance. Yep. And so if you continue to think that you're a quitter, if you continue to have that belief about yourself, this is going to be harder. If you go, wait, Mm -hmm. I just don't have really practice at this. I'm taking back my own power. I'm looking at any kind of challenge or adversity or difficulty or uncomfortable moment or growth edge. Because a lot of times it's just a growth edge. You know, real estate Mm. not only is a new field, but being an entrepreneur is very different than working in corporate America. So it's going to be bumpy. There's going to be challenges. If it, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't, I'd kind of question, like, are you really doing it? (laughs) But that's not feedback that you're off course and it's not feedback that you should quit. And so you're going to need to learn how to love yourself through the resistance.
1: So what about something so simple as I'm trying to get through your book for crying out loud. And it's like, well, I never finish books anyway, but I'm literally, I've been trying to get through your book, which is an easy read, but takes some comprehending. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have to read things a couple times, but I can't even get through a freaking book. Okay. Yes, you
0: can. Just make a plan. See, again, yeah. a big part of learning how to deal with adversity is making a plan and not getting overwhelmed and kind of going step by step by step in terms of how you're going to deal with it. So using the example of a book, what I would do is look at how many pages you have left or look at like kind of the different chapters and find out where a good stopping point would be each day. So tomorrow, a good stopping point would be here. The next day, a good stopping point would be here and sit and read until that stopping point. And if it Mm -hmm. takes you 40 days to finish the book. So be it. Mm -hmm. But just every day, take that step, take that step, take that step. Because what happens is, you know, in, in the kind of old pattern where you'd get kind of overwhelmed with something, your mom would feel that sense of overwhelm and rescue you from it. And so your reaction to overwhelm or having a lot to do is just to stop. Where really the healthy reaction to overwhelm, is to just break it down into steps Hmm. and go step by step by step. And the great thing is you don't have to know all the steps, just the first couple. And then the next Mm -hmm. steps will reveal itself.
1: Hmm. That seems doable. And it's interesting because I think in my mind, I know what I need to do. I know that I need to wake up early and do the reading and go to the gym. And I know it. It's just doing it. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, when you say being overwhelmed, I'm also reading the Miracle Morning. Mm-hmm. So I do my meditations and it, and I do really well for a couple of weeks, two weeks, and then all of a sudden I fall back off. So it's, well, I got to make a plan. Well, I have an accountability tracking sheet that I've made for myself on, okay, these yeah. are the things I'm going to do every day meditate, visualize, journal, you know, read, work out, all of those things. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I feel overwhelmed and then I just stop all of it.
0: But, and here's the part that's missing. That's great that you're doing the accountability. Break down the action steps into small plans, but what you're missing is the feeling. What you're missing is the encouraging yourself. It's again, it's that language you're not fluent in and it's okay, Jill, keep going. You can do it. I know you don't feel like meditating this morning, but sit down. Once you do, you'll feel better. You can do it. And it's also the feeling of it not being a should or a need or want to, but connecting more to your why. Why do you want to meditate?
1: Well, for all the reasons of, you know, happiness and being present in the moment and literally just taking 20 minutes for myself in a day, because I don't really do that.
0: Does meditation help you do that?
1: Yes, but it's really hard to find the time to do that for myself in the morning because I think... It wouldn't be if you weren't
0: focusing so much on how hard it is to find the time. If you were focusing on, I'm going to do this thing that makes me feel happy and present and peaceful, you would mm-hmm. feel excited about meditating. No one let, like loves ice cream, opens their freezer and looks at the ice cream and go, oh gosh... Well, I guess I can scoop myself some ice cream, but it's really hard and the spoon gets sticky and then I have to wash the bowl. I'm like, oh my gosh, ice cream tastes so good. I'll do whatever it takes to enjoy tasting it. Yeah. So you don't, you don't yeah. have your why and your feeling attached to it.
1: I think because I'm not getting instant gratification on these things that I'm doing. So I'm like, oh, I do it for two weeks. I haven't seen any sort of improvement. Well, why even continue, you know, and then, then I try wait, and get wait, back hold on. on.
0: But you just said that yeah. meditation helps you feel more present and happy.
1: It, 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 No, I do it because I want to feel that, but I haven't actually got to the place that I feel that.
0: Okay. Well then maybe meditation isn't working. Maybe you need to find something else that makes you feel happy. Mm -hmm. What does make you feel present and happy?
1: I love writing and journaling. I've enjoyed that.
0: Then why don't you do that in the the morning morning. and let that be your morning meditation.
1: And then the affirmations I also enjoy. Beautiful. And I, it is, but the, so when I first started it, it was just a bunch of gibberish that I was writing and not really believing it. I, almost felt like a fake as I'm writing these things about myself, but kind of the more that I start doing that, I slowly am starting to believe it, you know, the things that the affirmations that I'm writing about myself, but, but yeah, when I first started doing it, I just felt like a, a fake that it was was just words on paper.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to point something out to you. So do you see how you're playing out the pattern you have with your mom with me? Mm. You're telling me how hard things are and all the reasons (laughs) why it's hard. And
1: (laughs) (laughs) tell me, I don't have to do it, mom. (sighs) Yep. That's the pattern. Right.
0: And I see it and I love you through it. And I have so much compassion And I see that that's just the mechanism that you've used to get love. But I just want to share with you, Jill, there's so much love available to you inside yourself. There's this loving, encouraging coach, mother inside of you that you need to connect to. That helps you tune into the feeling that you want to feel and the why for all of these things. And instead of like having everything on your checklist of the things you think you should do, maybe spend some time really tuning into what you want to do and what Mm -hmm. feels good to you. And because this has been a pattern for a long time, over two decades, it may take a bit to shift, but as Mm -hmm. long as you continue coming up with the reasons why it's hard and why you can't, the pattern continues.
1: Yep. Right. So finding, finding the things that, yeah, really make me happy. And then, like you said, just these kind of baby steps because I'm overwhelmed with it all. Yeah. It sounds like right. too much. Yeah. It's just a lot. So I'm thinking, yeah, baby steps or because it's just a lot when I'm managing the business and here I go talking like my mother again, Mm -hmm. managing the business, trying to wake up early, but wait, I need sleep. And then wait, I have to work out. Oh God, I have to food prep. I'm just like, I can't do it. (laughs) Well, when you think about it like that, it is
0: overwhelming. Yeah. But when you're like, oh my gosh, I get to wake up today. I'm going to go to the gym. That's going to be so fun. My body's going to feel like so many endorphins. I'm going to get to say hi to people. And then I'm going to make myself this awesome meal. And oh, I get to work from home now. I don't have to go into a job. And I'm going to spend like five quality hours, like calling people and building my dream. And it's going to be an amazing day.
1: Oh my God. That's exactly what I want. That right there is like exactly what I want.
0: So are you familiar with the teaching of Abraham Hicks? No. So Abraham Hicks, her name is Esther, but she channels guidance named Abraham. Her name is Esther Hicks. But I would just search on YouTube and just listen because it's all, it's kind of about the law of attraction and not only thinking, you know, positive thoughts and thinking about what you want to create, but getting in the feeling of it, getting an energetic, energetic vibration with that, which you want. Uh And I would just have that on the background on YouTube, just playing, Mm. just playing, just filling your unconscious and conscious mind, seeding new belief systems, and really feeling how powerful you are. Because part of this whole pattern with mom and quitting and whatever is you're not connected to your power. Right. And, And that's what makes this seem so undoable. But if you really tapped into how powerful you are, how magnificent you are, how capable you are, then this would feel a lot, quote unquote, easier. Hmm. I never have more hours in the day than any other day. But some days I really feel like I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed out, and there's not enough hours to get everything done. But I only feel that way when I'm thinking about how much I have to do, how stressed out I am, and how there's not enough time. And I rush and rush and rush. But if I go slow, the slower I go, the longer I meditate, the more focused I am, the more I get done and the less stressed I feel.
1: And whatever doesn't get done today moves to tomorrow. Right. And I don't need to beat myself up about it because it's literally that I live in guilt that, oh, I quit these things. And tomorrow I'm like, well, might as well fail again because I did again instead of saying, well, you know what? Yesterday wasn't a really good day, but today's going to be a better day.
0: So your mom lived in guilt I, and that impacted her oh, relationship to you. Yep. Instead of her living in guilt, what would you have liked her to do?
1: Empower me, I think.
0: What about empowering herself?
1: Oh, Right, empowering herself.
0: Do you think her feeling guilty helped her love you better? No. Do you think you feeling guilty helps you love you better? Not even close. Right. So, anytime that guilty feeling comes in, think about how it felt to be loved by someone who felt guilty. Oh. Not a good plan, huh? Right. What could you feel instead of guilt?
1: Love and acceptance, and encouragement encouragement
0: and empowerment. You know, if ever I feel guilty about something, I go, okay, what did I learn? And what's my plan moving forward? How can I encourage myself, forgive myself and move forward?
1: That's right. Cause I live all day, pretty much every minute in guilt.
0: Ugh! yeah. No wonder you feel like you can't get anything done. Right. Guilt is not a very inspiring energy. It's very heavy. <laughs> It's heavy time to let that go. Yep. You know, and you have inner circle and you have all the daily and morning and evening practice and you have the community. So lean into that. And part mm-hmm. of how you can practice that is, you know, going on our Facebook page and going and encouraging other people, but you need to become more fluid in that voice of encouragement.
1: That's exactly right. I think that's why I've avoided a lot of the conversations because when they have negative things to say, I'm sort of like negative Nelly too. So I don't have a lot of encouragement.
0: <laughs> yes, you do. It's just, it's just unlocking that other
1: part of your brain. <laughs> yes. Which is going to take some serious focus. and.
0: But let's get enthusiastic about that that this. Would- let's not make
1: this this hard thing. <laughs> Just a mind shift, Jill. Yeah. Just changed your entire mind. It's
0: this is exciting. You get to be empowered. You get to give up your scapegoat. You get to stop thinking you're a quitter. You get to have a different experience of yourself on a daily basis, and you get to encourage yourself. Wow! And that's going to feel so much more like love than giving up when something gets a little tough.
1: Oh my God. So true. Is this helpful? (sighs) Extremely.
0: How awesome is it that Jill is ready and willing to let this pattern of quitting on herself go? That was huge. And she didn't quit at all during the call. So bravo Jill on being coachable and really seeing our session through. Now it's up to you, Jill, and all of you listening to really take the steps to put the coaching into action. A few things I want to highlight from this call. First to my fellow coaches, two things. In the beginning, when she was sharing about the problem she was having, the things she wanted to get over, one of my very first questions was, why do you think you have this pattern? Before we start giving our clients insight or advice, it's so, so important to get into their model of the world. I've talked about this on the show before. Really ask them why they think that they do this so you can really get clear on not just their pattern, but their story around it. Also, you heard me calling her out on how she was doing with me, what she does with her mom. She was going on and on about how hard it was to stick to things. And I could have just continued to give her advice on overcoming her obstacles, You know, overcoming how hard it is and keep going. But what I really saw was happening was her unconscious pattern of getting love and permission to stop from whoever she's projecting an authority figure role on. In this case, it was me. Now, to my fellow coaches this is important to watch for. When our client is in their pattern with us, sometimes we miss it because we just want to help them and give them advice, but that would just perpetuate their pattern. So as a coach, be more committed to their breakthrough than solving their current complaint. So that's why I intervened in that moment and pointed out to her, Jill, do you see you're doing with me what you're doing with your mom? You're really selling me on how hard this is for you, hoping that eventually I'll just make it better. I'll tell you, you don't have to do it. I'll agree with how hard it is. I'll commiserate your struggle. That's just enabling. Now I was also able to call Jill out on this because I was in a place of zero judgment. Yes, it might've been hard for her to hear that she was kind of doing with me what she did with her mom, but I was really coming from a place of truth and love. And I acknowledge her for being able to hear it that way. I also want to talk a bit to those of you who feel you were overparented, and like your parents did and maybe still do save you from hardship. You're a bit handicapped when it comes to any kind of adversity or challenge. If you had parents that really held your hand through the tough stuff in life, so much so that you either on some level believe you can't do it on your own, or they held so tightly that they actually pulled you out of any kind of hardship like Jill's mom did. First, you can't blame your parents anymore. Again, You can't blame your parents anymore. They cannot be your scapegoat. No one should be. You must take 100% responsibility for your life, which may include setting some boundaries with them, getting off their payroll, not calling mom every time you're upset, not asking dad for his advice on everything you have a question about. Parent yourself through some challenges. Let yourself feel uncomfortable. Get through those tough times without feeling like you have to hold someone's hand. Trust yourself that you can get through it. Now, I am all for support. I just went through kind of a rough time the past two weeks and I reached out for a lot of support, a lot of support, but I'm also someone who is not working with breaking through a pattern of starting and stopping. I don't have that as one of my blocks. I'm able to finish things. I wasn't overparented. So there are times when we need to reach out for support because that's healthy. But if we are too over-reliant on people, then there are times we need to kind of find that support within ourselves, look inward, not reach out for that lifeline, and talk ourselves through the adversity. And like I said to Jill, if you were overparented, your parents' actions did come from a place of love. But if you keep pairing up, being codependent or rescued with getting love, that's not going to help you get what you want. And it's certainly not going to help you with not quitting things. And remember this, if you have someone to blame, you're not going to change. If you're hanging on to some excuse for why you can't stick to something, then you're never going to stick to something. So, hey, try this. Instead of hanging on to your scapegoats and excuses, why not actually hang on to your goals? Commit to your action steps. Stop quitting when things get hard. And then I assure you that things will change you are not a quitter. So quit calling yourself that. Start speaking to yourself with encouragement and enthusiasm. Connect to your why for the things you really want to start. Feel the feelings of excitement towards them. And before putting a bunch of things on your list that you should do, really check in and see if it feels good to you. For example, if everyone tells you that you should read a book, don't just buy it because you think you should, only to have it sit on your shelf, dog-eared at page 27 as yet another glaring reminder that you didn't finish something. And if you have a bunch of things like unread books that you keep telling yourself you'll get to but don't really want to, give the books away. Donate those golf clubs you bought because you thought it would be good for your career to pick up golf but you just aren't interested. Gift the Italian classes because you thought you're going to be more romantic and appealing if you spoke Italian. If you're not going to do it, if it doesn't juice you up, just let it be complete. Find the things that light you up and commit to those. And of course, there are some things that will be challenging that come up. Adversity is one of the ways we grow. But in the meantime, build a foundation of being a finisher, a completer with some things that feel good to you. So, some specific action steps for you. Number one, stop blaming, no more scapegoats, take full responsibility for your life. Number two, Become fluent in the voice of encouragement. Stop looking for reasons to quit or permission to stop. Coach yourself through those moments where you just want to give up. You can do it. I believe in you. I know it feels tough. Keep going. And focus on the feeling you want to feel by taking the action. Use that toward motivation. Think of what you're moving toward. And break down overwhelm into small, manageable steps. there is a book you want to finish, like I coached Jill through, plan it out. You don't have to finish the whole book in one sitting. If it takes you a year to read a book, so what? You'll complete it in a year. And then look at your incomplete cycles of action, like those golf clubs. Neither set a date to complete it or start something or have a regular practice about it, or just end it, let it go. Two more things. 40-day practices, I've talked a lot about those on this show. Committing to something for 40 days in a row definitely helps it become a habit. And finally, consider joining Inner Circle. Every month you get daily, morning, and evening practices. Every month we focus on accountability and commitment, and you have a tribe of people who will be a healthy support system for you. So maybe that's the action step that will really help give you momentum. Again, christinehasler.com innercircle or email jill at christinehasler.com. Well, thank you for listening all the way to the end and not quitting on this episode. Please stop quitting on yourself. You can do it. You deserve to have that feeling of pride when you complete things. Keep going. Don't give up. I believe in you. Now it's time for you to believe in you. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode.